the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of the people. And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord their God. He even gave them the strength to do what he called upon them to do. So what has this got to do with a series on evangelism? I mean, what has this got to do with that? What's this got to do with 2021's focus on proclaim? In a word, everything. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry for all my life Every giant will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, we'll be hearing a message from a sermon series that Pastor Keith has entitled, Proclaim to the End of the Earth. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. Father, we thank you for this day, a day to proclaim your truth with our lips and with our lives everywhere we go, with every word that we say in some way. Father, we thank you for the chance to come together in person at 9 and 1045 and worship you. We thank you for the technology that allows us to reach those who aren't able to be with us today. Father, we thank you above all for your word, which reveals your will to us, and our Savior, who made salvation available to us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, today is the second installment of the outreach series, Proclaim. Uh, It's part two of last week's message, Declutter, Refocus, prioritize and clarify. Last week we began to think through the following passages and that was Luke chapter 10 38 to 42 and Haggai 1 1 through 15 which I'll excerpt which I'll excerpt for you shortly to think about our need to have the appropriate priorities in our life as we live our lives for God for the glory of God for the good of others and our own growth. And so last week we Looked at Luke 10, 42, uh, 10, 38 to 42. Let me just pick up and excerpt that. 
It said that Mary sat at the feet and listened to Jesus' teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me all alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about so many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. And what we saw here was Jesus cautioning Mary and by extension through the pages of scripture and down through time cautioning us about the dangers of a loss of perspective, the tyranny of the urgent and missing the important thing. And so he pointedly and graciously and unmistakably tells her to snap out of it. And we're reminded that we should never, ever mistake God's patience for his approval. And we observe that as frail human beings, we can sometimes get wrapped up in doing stuff. And that obscures or distracts us away from our primary mission as Christ followers. It's an age-old problem. I gave you some examples last week. Uh, We're looking this week at examples from Scripture. We have the Luke passage. And then we look at uh, Haggai 1, 1 through 15. And let me read that here for you as well. Because what you have here is a colossal loss of perspective, a, a breathtaking loss of perspective. The Jews had come back from exile after being cast out of their own country, after having the temple and the city of Jerusalem destroyed. They've been brought back in. God has given them a mission in no uncertain terms. And they've forgotten And so we read this. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month of the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by hand of Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say that the time is not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Is it time for you to dwell in your panel houses while this house of mine lies in ruins? Consider your ways. You have sown much and harvest little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord, consider your ways. Go up into the hills, and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified. God says to the people of Israel, so everything's going wrong. You ever thought about why? Because you've reversed your priorities and you've forgotten me. Consider your ways. And in the midst of this incredible loss of perspective, as we discussed last week, this loss of mission, mercifully God has stymied everything else they've tried to do in order to turn them back to them to him and make them stop and think verse 9 you looked for much behold it came too little and when you brought it home I blew it away why declares the Lord of hosts because my house lies in ruins while each of you busies himself with his own house therefore because of all that the heavens above you withheld the dew the earth has withheld its produce And I have called for a drought on the land, on the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and the ground, and what the ground brings forth, and on man and beast. 
and on all their labors. Now that's what I call a wake-up call right there. That's the proverbial shot across the bow. Can you imagine that? Maybe you can. Is this happening to you right now? Maybe it is. What should your reaction be? Well, verses 12 and 13 show us the right reaction. It says that Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message, I am with you, declares the Lord. The leaders, the people, great and small, got after it. They snapped out of it. They got the wake-up call and they got it. They looked around and realized the messes and stresses that they found in their lives were of their own creation because they'd forgotten God and forgotten their mission. And God rewarded their obedience and their repentance. He says, I'm with you. These are words of comfort and consolation and reassurance. And then in verses 14 and 15, we read this. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of the people. And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord their God. He even gave them the strength to do what he called upon them to do. So what has this got to do with a series on evangelism? I mean, what has this got to do with that? What's this got to do with 2021's focus on proclaim? In a word, everything. Everything. Why is that? Well, we're not here to build the temple. That's, that, the era of the temple is gone. But God has given us a mission. And as human beings are inclined to do in a fallen and broken world, we've lost sight of that mission to one extent or another. For those who have received the free gift of eternal life, the world can be a busy sometimes terrifying, often uncertain place. I mean, we have pandemics, we have elections, riots, looting, the normal messes and stresses of everyday life. And so last week, as those who profess to follow Christ, we took a step back and reconsidered our ways. And what I tried to do with you last week was to uh, give you a, a framework for rebooting for 2021 for realigning your priorities we took the great commission as our mission statement which it is Jesus came up and said to his disciples all authority has been given me on heaven and earth therefore go into all nations making disciples baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit teaching them to do all I've commanded you. For lo, I am with you. Sound familiar? Even to the end of the age. Thus says the Lord, Christ came up and said, go, act, serve, obey. The hallmark of a professing Christian. Be one, right? We talked about this before. Be one, bring one, build one. Be a real Christian. How? Go make disciples. Bring one to faith in Christ. That's what evangelism is all about. Baptizing them, again, being one. Teaching them to do all I've commanded, building one. This is what we're about. This is what Hillside's about. This is what every Christian's about. Changing the world one soul at a time with the message of Jesus Christ. This is our mission collectively, individually. It's your mission. It's my mission. It's our mission. As we begin this new year, we need to take stock of our mission. 
We need to reorient our efforts and our activities around our mission. And so last week, I promised to give you four steps, and we got through two of them. Let's review a little bit. Step one to getting back on track, if, you're, if you've lost your way, is to declutter, to remove everything that obscures your view of God, everything that hinders your relationship with God. We see the warning to declutter in Jesus' words to Mary, excuse me, to Martha. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about so many things. Sometimes that's us. The Lord challenged her mercifully, peacefully. He challenged the people of Israel in the same way in Haggai's time. You look at verses 2 and 4. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say it is not yet time to rebuild the house of the Lord. Is it time for you to dwell in your panel houses while this house lies in ruins? Of course, the answer is no. And so he tells them, And he tells us to consider our ways. You see, we have to reconsider our ways. You know, Jesus said, if anything causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away from you. Even if it's a body part. Anything that gets between you and God can become an idol. It may seem urgent at the time. But you know what? Urgent and important, two different things. The urgent things, the ringing telephone. The important thing, time alone with God. Time alone with family. Discipleship. We never have enough time. Well, actually, we have plenty of time. We just have it, the landscape cluttered and obscured to the point that we can't see the forest for the trees. And so we have to winnow away, thin out the clutter. What does that take? Well, that's our second step last week, right? We have to refocus. We have to recalibrate. We have to decide, to determine, to take steps, to reorient our attention on the one needful thing like Mary the one thing that will never be taken away from us and that's why Jesus said in Luke ten forty two, one thing is necessary one thing but one thing is necessary and that is doing what God asks us to do that is worshiping God with our lives committing our ways to him and sometimes as Christians, as Christ followers, we have to regain, we have to regrasp, if that's such a word, our purpose, our understanding of what is really important. Like he said to Haggai, consider your ways. When we were saved, God began to build a foundation in our lives to involve us in his kingdom work. And like the people of Israel in Haggai's time, we may not have built on that foundation. That foundation may have set desolate or idle for in Haggai's case in that time 16 16 to 18 years how long have you been a Christian you know sometimes we sow much and harvest little and we eat but we're never quite satisfied and we live we live in a time of unparalleled prosperity we live in the richest greatest country in the world and we're not quite at peace peace isn't to be found why because maybe we built our own panel houses and the temple of our soul lies desolate. There are activities and distractions in this life that seem urgent, but eternally speaking, they are unimportant. And so we have to declutter. We have to, uh, to refocus. I think of someone taking a long trip and uh, he's getting the car ready. And you know, you have the proverbial bug on the windshield, right in the middle of the windshield, right below the rearview mirror. And all you can do is see that. And so 
that thing's been baked on there for a couple of years and so you're going to take this trip and you spend all the all your time trying to get that bug off the windshield and you don't check your tires and you don't change your oil consider your ways urgent important it's the same thing here God has put a call on your life and mine and we have to consider our ways we have to refocus which brings us to today's sermon and that is step three Step three, no surprise, it follows logically. Declutter, refocus. Once you see clearly, prioritize, prioritize. Resolve to make and keep the main thing the main thing. Be one so you can bring one to faith in Christ. That's what Jesus was talking about. One thing is necessary, faithfulness to God. And God has called his people to be faithful through evangelism. First and foremost, everything starts with evangelism. You can't disciple somebody, you can't baptize somebody before they know Christ. That's the order of things. And so consider your ways and commit and get after it. Haggai 1.14 says, And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord. That's what we need to do. We need to work on his kingdom you know he's going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it but he uses people like us to build the church and so we have to consider our ways we have to make God Christ the God of the Bible the mission and the calling with which we've been called we have to make it the priority everything else is window dressing that's why we're here We exist to proclaim the gospel. It's the most important thing we do. Let me read you a quote from a pastor long, long ago, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And and here's the thing, Charles Haddon Spurgeon was a major league evangelist. He was criticized a lot for being a five-point Calvinist. People say, well, Calvinists really don't believe in evangelism. Let me, I, want you, I, want to, I want you to listen to this quote. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. If they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions. And let no one go unwarned and unprayed for. I'll tell you what. If I could talk like that, I'd be famous, I'll tell you. Spurgeon has a way with words because God was his God and his heart was for the lost and his heart was for his word. If sinners be damned, let them at least leap to hell over our dead bodies. If they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let no one go unwarned and unprayed for prioritize consider your ways and go make disciples proclaim the gospel which brings us to step four which I'll spend most of our time on today step four is this clarify clarify now what do I mean by this make sure you know and understand what the gospel is Make sure you know and understand the story of God. His story. Some call it history. 
be able to tell the whole gospel. We live in an era, we're living in a post-Christian era, and the way that we used to do it 20 and 30 years ago, 10 years ago, you know, a lot of people came to Christ through the four spiritual laws, and people often begin with, Jesus, God has a wonderful plan for your life. No, he doesn't. Because if you reject him, I don't think you will find hell very wonderful. And so people say, well, God, Jesus, who are they? Because we're living in a post-Christian era. 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, people had a, we were living in a Judeo-Christian society that had, even if they weren't believers, some understanding of the Bible. They don't. I remember years ago going through some training where they told me you have to get them lost before you can get them saved. So you start out with the Ten Commandments. You know, uh, have you ever ever stolen anything? Yeah, well, it says in the Bible, you shall not steal. That makes you a thief. You probably need God. Well, I don't think I'm that bad. Well, you ever told a lie? Yeah, well, you shall not bear false witness. I mean, you you walk them through the Ten Commandments and the conviction's going to fall on them unless they're postmoderns which about 95% of anybody who's been through a public school education in the last 30 years has been, where the Bible isn't authoritative. They don't even know the Bible. The Bible's irrelevant to them. And so you have to go back to the beginning. You have to have many, many, many tools in your toolkit, and it's not a one-size-fits-all. If your only tool is a hammer, pretty soon everybody looks like a nail. And so what we have here is what some call the story of reality. And I will commend a book to you by Greg Kukul by the same name, The Story of Reality. In fact, we're going to be teaching that story. We're going to probably ask pretty much all the small groups, all the ABFs, and everybody to go through this book uh, in the coming year. But let me give you a very, very brief version of that. Start with God in the Bible. Everything starts with God. It doesn't start with Jesus. It starts with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that's here was made by God for God. There's a purpose for it. It's not here by accident. And if God made it, it belongs to him. And everything and everyone that he made is accountable to him. How do we know that? The Bible, God's self-revelation of himself. You can't know God apart from the Bible. Nature can't get you saved. Staring at Niagara Falls won't make you believe in the God of the Bible. It might make you believe in a God, but there are so many gods out there, we have to look to the Bible. Why? Because Proverbs 35 and 6 tells us that every word of God is true and tested. Do not add to his word or take away from it, lest he rebuke you and you be considered or called a liar. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful, right, for doctrine, for teaching, for instruction in righteousness, so that the man of God or the woman of God might be adequate and equipped for every good work. God and the Bible, it all begins there. The Bible tells us who God is, how God is, who we are, why we're here. And we look to the Bible. Which brings us to man and sin. Humanity and sin. God created man in his own image and his own likeness. Talks about that in Genesis. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. 29 and 30. He made man. Everything that God made was good. He put man in the garden. We read about that in Genesis 2. And told him to take care of everything and to trust him. And he would provide for him. Everything was man's to use, to employ, to enjoy. Except the one thing that belonged to God. 
and he was to keep his hands off of it. And so the first man and the first woman worked in the garden, and one day, you know, we always talk about a guy's got to follow his gut, and then we talk about women's intuition. The first example of women's intuition and a guy following his gut is in Genesis chapter 3 with the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. Eve looked at the fruit, determined it looked good to her. Her intuition told her it was good for food to make one wise. She took and she ate of it. And, uh, and the man, he was with her. His gut told him, yeah, okay, I'll take and eat too. And as Romans 5.12 tells us, sin and death entered the world through one man and spread to all people because all sinned. Pastor Keith Crosby with today's Grace to Live radio broadcast. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend this time with us today here on the program. And if you have questions about today's show, or if you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Keith, then I would encourage you to visit our website, hillsidechurch.org. There you can listen to past sermons and other content from Pastor Keith just by clicking the Sermon Archive tab. And you can also find links to Pastor Keith's blog, as well as the Out of My Mind podcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, and of course you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you, and thanks for listening. Amen.